You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Chapter 9, this, uh, the Day of the Lord. Uh, this is an exciting uh, chapter, and I've been anxious to share this with you for quite some time. I'm going to do a lot of reading today, and my production staff wanted me to shorten chapter 11 in Romans where, where I'm going to start. I recommend to you to put all of chapter 11 in your notes. I think that lays the groundwork for what we have to discuss today, or much of it. Beginning in 11.7, says, What then? What Israel is seeking, it has not obtained, but those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened. But just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to see not and ears to hear not, down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not and to bend their backs forever. I say then, they did not stumble as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Now, if the transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentile, how much more will their fulfillment be? But I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For if their rejection is reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is holy also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you being the wild olive were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. You will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Verse 22, Behold then the kindness and severity of God to those who fail severity, but to you God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will be cut off. And they also... If they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to grant them again, them in again. Listen, verse 23, I want you all to look here. And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. You need to understand that Israel has not, as God has not forgotten about his sons, Israel. They were born sons. 
We are grafted in. We have been adopted as sons. They were born that way. You need to remember. In verse 24, For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. And so all of Israel will be saved, just as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. For the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. God has not changed his word, has not changed his mind, has not changed his purpose, has not changed his covenants. At the day of the Lord, all of the Jews that are alive at that time, we understand from yesterday's lesson, there's only one out of three that make it through the great tribulation. But when they cry out to him in this great travail, it's called Jacob's distress, he will hear from them and he will come and bring salvation to all of the Jews at the day of the Lord. Now we know at the day of the Lord, we also who are alive will be caught up to meet with him. So there is a lot going on at the day of the Lord. Salvation both comes to us, the, the bride, and to the Jew, the true sons of God, the true olive tree. I hear many people, oh, that was something of the past. We're now spiritual Israel. That's hogwash. I want to read some things to you. I, I, I know I, I watch on the news about the peace agreement supposedly between the Arabs and the Jews about the land. We talked about that covenant that they should not sign. I want you to know and remind you what God's word is. In Genesis 15, 7, this is the Abrahamic covenant, the land. He said to them, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess it. He said, O oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all of these to him, and he cut them in two, and laid each half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. The birds of prey came down from upon the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and behold, terror and a great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abraham, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. And, but I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterward, I will come out with me, and they will come out with many possessions. 
As for you, you will go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here. For the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed through these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. To your descendants, I have given the land from the river Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. I don't know if you understand what this means, the cutting of the halves. They cut the halves. And not man passed through, but God himself. And that if, if, God, if it were possible for God to lie, which it is not, if it was possible for him to die, then this would not mean anything. Because he sweared, so be this to me. The cutting of the halves, the death, the shedding of this blood, which we know his son did. But he passed through the half, be it upon me. You know that I have given this land. To my sons, the Jews, Israel, to Abraham's descendants. Know, know that the word of God is as sure as his passing through the halves. Know that he will fulfill every last word of this at the coming of the Lord. That the day of the Lord not only brings, brings peace to Israel, but it, it brings and establishes a Jewish kingdom in the land that God has promised them for a thousand years they will rule there as a Jewish kingdom. We're going to read about many of these. In 2 Samuel seven twelve. it's the Davidic covenant, the eternal kingdom. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendants after you. Who will come forth from you and I will establish you. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Eternal kingdom. I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him in the rod of men and strokes of these sons of my men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him as, it, as I took it away from Saul whom I removed it before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure, for, endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. In Matthew 12, 36, Jesus was saying, how, how, can, how can David in the Holy Spirit, I always like that part there, verse 30, David in the Holy Spirit, sometimes I hear the church act like the Holy Spirit wasn't here in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is God, and he's eternal. We can do nothing. Zechariah says, not by might or by my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, grace, grace to the mountain. The spirit of God, the power of God that works within man was upon his chosen. It was severally as he will. This treasure, Paul says, that we should be guarding as he told Timothy, that we should guard this treasure he has entrusted within us. I think we kind of take the Holy Spirit for granted, this amazing gift 
that God has given to the Gentiles to seal us as sons and daughters of a living God. Seal us as part of his bride in Christ where we have all of the rights as a son and daughter of God now by adoption in Christ, but it is only in Christ Jesus. But the words of his covenant of God, of an eternal, you know, David there, he, he said that, that quote came from Psalms 110, the first verse. This is not in my notes. I just know these things. I study the word a lot. And he says, how the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my feet. We're going to use it until I make thy enemies your footstool. So Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's coming back soon. He's coming back to establish the rule, the son of David, his lineage, both his mother and his father and Joseph, both traced back to David. But it's only through the mother because it was, it was Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, or whatever, how you pronounce it, the, the, the great grandson, Josiah's, Josiah's son, Jeconiah, that a curse was upon, Jeremiah 22, that nobody would ever sit on the throne through that. And that is through Solomon. It is not through Solomon that the Lord was born. It was through Nathan, the son of David, that traces down to the mother, the seed of woman, and God's seed that allowed him to be born living spirit as well as living soul. It was never through the father because he could not reign. The blood of David only passed through the seed of woman. It couldn't pass through Joseph. It was because Joseph had a curse that no one on that after Jeconiah would sit on the throne. And they didn't. Or Jehoiakim. I, anyway, it, it's, it, the, they, they call him the same word, name, Jeconiah, Jehoiakim. And, uh, anyway, Jeremiah 22. But David said... That, that the Lord said unto my Lord to sit at my feet until I make your enemies. Psalms 110.1. So how does he call his son his Lord? Because of the, the mystery of godliness, God incarnate in a man, that his mother was of the seed of David, and his daddy was father, our father of God in heaven, the almighty God. And he was born... That mystery of godliness, the incarnate God, man, we know as the Messiah, that brought salvation. This, this covenant, when he comes again to establish the rule of David, the son of David, that happens also to be the son of God, the mystery of godliness. We know the mystery of iniquity. We talked about it yesterday when Satan becomes incarnate in this false prince of peace, and he literally becomes the Antichrist. With working miracles that he's raised up and goes into the temple. Y'all heard that yesterday. As sure as all of these things must take place, and when we see them, and we're seeing this reeling about Jerusalem, we're seeing these events. There were so many different things going on yesterday as I was trying to bring them together. It was yesterday here in the studio. It was chapter 8 to you. It, it, all of these lines started converging to one point. That, that what is taking place by the scriptures, that stage has been set in the Middle East. All of these things, what, what the witness that God is speaking to his prophets and, and he's spoken to me. The timeline of Daniel and Hosea that, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us to go understand. And then the Holy Week. All of it's coming to a, 
an end at the same time. And all of these are merging here right together at this day that we live. And yesterday it was hard as I was teaching these different lines, as I got closer to the end to try to remember which one I was on. By, by faith, God managed to share that. But we live in a special day where the son of David, the son of God, the mystery of godliness, the Messiah is coming again. And I'm here to declare that as his prophet. But you need to understand that God is coming to fulfill his covenant for a thousand years. He's going to establish a Jewish kingdom that his son David, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ will rule for a thousand years over the Jewish people. We, that we're going to find out later where we are, and that's a very interesting subject. I have never heard this taught, and there's a lot of confusion between the, the millennial reign and the, the, the heaven with the golden streets and all of that. They don't understand the scriptures nor the power of God. Matthew 22, 29, when they were talking about that marriage in heaven trying to trick Jesus, he says, you don't understand the scriptures nor the power of God. I'm going to share those scriptures with you today. The power of God is unlimited. God does what he pleases, when he pleases and how he pleases. And if his word and his covenant, and here he swore on his very existence. But as he passed through the half, don't think that his covenant with David, his covenant with Abraham, his covenant with Israel is not going to take place. It is nothing of the past. It will soon happen. And this is the word that I'm trying to declare to you. Listen. Understand as I continue to read his word. In Deuteronomy 4.29, But from you there will seek, but, but there you will seek the Lord, and your God and you will find him if you search for him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. That's still the case today. When you are in distress and all these things have come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers which, which he swore to you. He is a compassionate God. He's also a God of truth. And he's a God that does not lie. His covenant. And this will all what happen in the latter days. It did not happen 2,000 years ago. And this will happen in the days that we live. The very latter days, the last of time. All of these so-called fulfillment theologians, they kind of leave these last days and latter day things out. And it's a part of all of these verses they try to use. Let's read the scriptures and understand as they're written. God has swore this. It will come to pass, and it will come to pass when the days of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Hello. He will bring salvation to Israel, and he will establish them in Israel to live on this earth, this earth, for a thousand years. We're going to continue reading. Isaiah 43, a voice is calling, clear the way of the Lord in the wilderness, make smooth in the desert a highway of our God. Let every valley be lifted up, the great earthquake, and every mountain and hill be made low, and let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. 
Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The glory of the Lord revealed, the day of the Lord. Matthew 24, 30. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on clouds with glory, with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. His elect, his chosen, his faithful. That's us. His saints. His bride. We've talked about this. I'm bringing this back up. This also happens at the day of the Lord. And as we, I've tried to establish that God is going to establish his covenant here for a thousand years with his people. He also is going to fulfill the word concerning the bride of Christ to the Gentiles. Let's read, let's remind ourselves what all of this takes place at the day of the Lord. How is this related? How does God deal with this? This is the purpose of this message today. It's a lot. There is a lot taking place at the day of the Lord. The judgment on the nation, the wrath that is poured out on the nations that are persecuting his people. The, the stop of the siege of Jerusalem. All of these things take place on the day of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15:51 Behold I will tell you a mystery we will not all sleep but we will all be changed in a in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed 53 for perishable must put on imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality 1 Thessalonians 4:15 For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we are alive, remain until the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord, and will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself would ascend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will caught up up together with them in the clouds, and meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. We will never be separate of the Lord. If the Lord is here on the earth a thousand years, we will be here with him for a thousand years. 531, for this reason a man shall leave his father, mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Remember what I talked about this mystery. This mystery is great. I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. In other words, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to read about this where the two become one. We're transformed into his image where we all become sons of God. I've read, we've done that at Adam to Adams. We become Adam again. We're the restoration of all things at the coming of the Lord. Acts 6, 31. Uh, the wrath of God, verse 6, 13, 6. Well, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will fall limp and every man's will Every man's heart will melt. They will be terrified. Pains and anguish will take hold of them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. They will look at one another in astonishment. Their faces aflame. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with fury, burning, anger, to make the land a desolation, and he will exterminate its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellation will not flash forth their light, The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shed its light. Thus I will punish the world for its evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. This is the wrath of God. And I will put 
an end to the arrogance of the proud and a base of the haughtiness of the ruthless. Joel 2.1 Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near. Listen, this is the day of the Lord. There is a lot taking place at the day of the Lord. I'm laying all of this out. We're going to go back and see how it all relates to each other and God's plan for the millennial reign of His Son here. Joel 2, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds, thick darkness, as the dawn is spread over the mountain. So there is a great and mighty people. There was never been anything like this, nor there, nor will there be again after it to the years of many generations. They are still many generations. A fire consumes before them, and behind them flame burns. A land is like the Garden of Eden before them, but a desolate wilderness behind them, and nothing escapes them. Their appearance is like, is like the appearance of horses, like war horses, so they run. They're white horses. We're riding them. With the noise of the chariots, the leap on the top of the mountain, and like the crackling of flame of a fire consuming stubble, like a mighty people arraigned for battle. Before them, the people are in anguish. All faces turn pale. They run like mighty men. They climb the walls like soldiers, and each march in line, nor do they deviate from their path. They do not crowd each other. They march everyone in his path. When they burst forth through the dark defenses, they do not break ranks. They rush on the city, they run on a wall. They climb in the houses and they enter through the windows like a thief. Before them, the earth quakes and the heavens tremble, and the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. His army. <laughs> Who's his army? We are, the saint. Surely his camp is great, for strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great and very awesome. Who can endure it? The Lord, his voice goes before his army. We're his army, church. We're going to read this. The army of the Lord, the brothers, all coming. Okay, this is the wrath of God. We miss it because we are the wrath of God. We, we are the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read. Uh, Revelation 16, 14. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the world to gather them together for the war of the great day of the God Almighty. He, the devil's getting ready to get beat. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Base, blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so they will not walk about naked and men will not see their shame. Revelation 19, 5. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. And then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready, the day of the Lord. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen are the righteous acts of the saints. The saints, who are the chosen? Who are the elect? Who are the faithful? Who are the saints? It is the bride of Christ. The two shall become one. We meet him in the air. There's a wedding. There's a wedding that takes place. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. On the way here, we shall never be separate from him again. Verse 19, then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. They were some invited, but they didn't have the right clothes on. That's on that chapter about being uh, called but not chosen. We Pretty amazing scripture back there. But we are going to be clothed. Hallelujah. And we're going to be there and we're going to be one with our Lord and Savior. And he said to me, these are true words of God. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We just read this up above in chapter 19. These are the saints clothed in white linen. Now we got on the white horse, too. We're not only brothers. We're not only dressed like him. We have a white horse. Praise the Lord. I like horses. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, the armies, his army now, clothed in white linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. The army of the Lord, him and his brothers, all on white horses. The army of God, his saints, his chosen and faithful, that will never be separate from him again. Transformed, having put on the, the temporal, put on eternal, the perishable, imperishable. We have received our glorified bodies. We have been transformed into the image of our elder brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we shall always, and we are the armies of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will never, he's coming to earth to pour out his wrath. We're coming with him. We're the army. We're the ones helping bring the wrath. That's why you're not going to be a part of the wrath of God. You are, if you're a saint, going to be part of the army that brings it. Amen. That's worth getting excited about. Who's worried about a tribulation when immediately following the day of the Lord comes? He comes to put a stop to it that somebody might still be alive. That's what it says. But he puts a stop to it. We meet him in the air. Hallelujah. Let's read on. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads a winepress in fierce wrath of God the Almighty. Who will he rule? He's going to rule the nations. There's going to be a people left on this earth. They will come make sacrifices. They'll come to Jerusalem where they'll hold the reign on their nation during the millennial reign of Christ. Revelation 17, 14. These will wage war against the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them because He is Lord of lords, King of kings, and those that are with Him are called chosen and faithful. Those that are with Him are called chosen, the elect, and faithful. Who does his 
angels gather at the trumpet, the elect, the chosen, and faithful to join him and meet him in the air. And we come back with him as his army who are called chosen and faithful. Praise God. Jeremiah 35. For thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread. There is no peace. Ask now and see if a male can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? And why have all faces turned pale? Alas, for the day is great. There is none like it. And it is at the time of Jacob's distress. But he will be saved. How the day of the Lord. All of Israel will be saved. In 1 Thessalonians 5.1. Now as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace, safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in the darkness. I want you to understand. I want you to read this. You are not in the darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. You are different. It's going to take the world because they are blind. They have been blinded by their own gods of this world, which is Satan. And it will come. And it is a dreadful day for them. It will not. It is our redemption it is our salvation. It is salvation to the Jew. It is salvation to the, the Gentile that live and trust the Lord Jesus Christ by abiding in him. Amen. It is that day of salvation, the day of the Lord. Psalms 149.4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. How, that's Israel. Let the godly ones exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people. To their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute, them, to execute on them judgment written. This is an honor for his godly ones. Praise the Lord. What is it an honor for his godly ones? To execute his judgment, his wrath upon the nations. We, his godly ones, his chosen, his elect, his faithful, his saints, his army, on white horses, in white linen, with the Lord, will execute his judgment on the earth and on the nations at this time. And we shall consider the honor to our Father and to our Lord, our, our elder brother, who's king of kings. Lord of lords, creator of all things, who we bow the knee, happens to be my brother. Amazing. We'll consider it an honor, an honor to ride with the Lord forever, never to be separate. Ezekiel 39, 7, my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will let my holy name be profaned anymore. I will not let my name. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it is coming. It shall be done, declares the Lord God, that in it is the day of which I have spoken. 
Hallelujah, the day of the Lord. Then those who inhabit the cities of Israel will go out and make fires with weapons and burn them, both shields and bucklers, bows and arrows, war clubs and spears. And for seven years, they will make fires of them. For seven years, they're still cleaning up after this great battle, which we absolutely obliterate the enemy. We, the armies of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is judgment day for those nations that have persecuted and killed his saints, killed his people, persecuted Israel, have come up against to plunder the nation. It is the day of the Lord. Hallelujah. But afterward, it's taken seven years for the nations even to clean up, to clean up from that great war. There's a lot of rebuilding to be done in the many first years. We're going to read about these things. Micah 7, 18, who is a God like you who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious acts of the remnant of his possession? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in unchanging love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Yes, you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and an unchanging love to Abraham, which you swore to our fathers. From the day of the Lord. He will do it. Isaiah 68, 66, 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? As soon as Zion travailed, she was brought forth her son. As soon as Jacob's distress. In their distress, they cried out. And what? He comes back to deliver them. In the tribulation, immediately following the day of the Lord, he comes, he hears their cry. He will, he will birth a nation as he removes the iniquity of all of Israel. And they will never sin again, though they're still in their natural bodies here on earth. They will not sin again. He removes iniquity from their heart. He establishes them in Israel as a nation upon the land that God hath promised. And he will rule over them. And we will rule with him. The nation. But his people. The Jews. Our brothers. Will never sin again. Now this is starting to bring a conundrum. How can we be glorified and they be still in their bodies? We're going to read about that. And I believe we can find the answer. And that's pretty exciting. I've never heard this ministered. So I'm going to share with you first. I've looked for it. But I believe that God has shown me how all this works. It's amazing what God has planned for all of those that love him. Zechariah 12, 8. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And the one who, who is feeble among them in that day will be like David. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. And in that day, I will set about to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Day of the Lord. I will pour out on the house of David and its inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. So they will look on me whom they had pierced, Jesus. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And they will weep bitterly over him and bitter weeping of the firstborn. And, but Zion said, the Lord has fake, forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. When they're weeping and mourning, I thought in heaven there was no crying or weeping. So maybe this is not heaven yet. 
Maybe this is not the streets of gold. This is Jerusalem. This is the king. They're sitting there looking at the Messiah, the Lord, the Son of God. And they're making daily offerings. Nobody will talk about that temple in Ezekiel 40 through 49. The ten chapters are about the millennial temple, about the daily sacrifice, the offering of the lamb in the morning for sin. There's no sin. But as they look to the Lamb of God that they pierce, the Messiah that became the chief cornerstone, they, as we break the bread and drink the wine in memory of what he did, what Christ did for us on the cross, in memory of him while they're looking at the Lamb, the Almighty God that's now there ruling and reigning the, the nations through the nation, the kingdom of Israel, established in the land. As they offer the lamb, and they are, there's, there are, this is they, because we read in Hebrews that there will not be any more sight, and there is not. That one took care of the job. But this is in memory of what they did. They're looking at the lamb of God as they're sacrificing the morning and evening offering. And they weep and mourn for the one they pierced because they rejected him. And now the loving Messiah and God is with them. And it's amazing what, during this period in time, let us continue. But Zion said, Lord has forsaken me, Lord forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry, your destroyer and devastators will depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All of them gather together. They come to you as I live, declares the Lord. You will surely put on all of them as jewels and bind them as your bride. Ezekiel 34, 22. Therefore, I will deliver my flock and they will no longer be prey. And I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them, and he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among them. And I, the Lord, have spoken. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods." I will make them uh, and the places around my hill, Mount Zion, a blessing. And I will call showers to come down in their season. And they will be showers of blessing. Also, the tree of the field will yield its fruits. And the earth will yield its increase. And they will be secure in their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of their, those who enslaved them. They will no longer be prey to the nations, and the beasts of the earth will not devour them. But they will secure, they will live securely, and no one will make them afraid. I will establish for them a renowned planting place, and they will now, they will not again be victims of famine in the land, and they will not endure the insults of the nations anymore. That is the day, that is the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand year rule of Christ on earth with his people, the Jews in Israel, with and to the nations. In, in Isaiah eight seventeen, And I will wait on the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will look eagerly for him. Psalms 110, 1. 
the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Luke 21, 24 and 25. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled under the foot of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That is the day of the Lord. Romans eleven twenty five. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. The day of the Lord. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. The day of the Lord. All of these things take place at the day of the Lord. We're trying to mention and, and share with you, and you got some idea of all this stuff is starting. How does it all work together? We're getting there. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. It says, And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you have you who have followed me, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit in his glorious throne, you will also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That's the disciples. During the millennial reign. Verse nineteen twenty nine, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or farms in my name will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. A pop, uh, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is this is verse chapter nineteen of uh, thirty verse. Uh, remember, we some we put the chapter verses. If we continue reading as one writing as Matthew wrote it. It goes on this. I want you to be aware. But many who are first that shall be last, and the last shall be first. The first were the sons of God, the Jews. But they, ha- they rejected the chief cornerstone. It became the very foundation for us, the Gentiles, to have an opportunity to know God, to be a light to other, other Gentiles. But that day is running out. At the day of the Lord, the day of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. But I want you to know that we were last. The first, that's got, the olive tree, is going to be regrafted in. And the fulfillment is going to be nothing but blessing for us that know the Lord. But we know by adoption, they were born sons of God. And God has not forgotten his people, nor his covenant, nor his plan. But the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Let's read in, in chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning and hired laborers and vineyards. And when he had agreed with the laborers for the denarius for the day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you also go into the vineyard. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour. And did the same thing. Verse 6. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you not standing here idle? Why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said to him, verse 7, because no one hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard also. When evening came, verse 8, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers. And pay them their wages, beginning with the last group first. Beginning with the last group first. When those hired about the eleventh hour, each one received a denarius. The last group first. This is important. We're the last. 
we shall be first. When they, those hired the eleventh and the last hour, each one shall receive a denarii. When those hired, hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. Verse 11, when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner. Verse 12, saying that these last men have worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the scorching heat all day. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. Verse 14. But I wish to give you give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful, verse 15, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? Verse 16. So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. So is the kingdom of God. So is the resurrection from the dead. So is our opportunity as Gentiles until the day of the Lord when the time of the Gentiles shall be filled. We are definitely the last. We're the last up until the day of the Lord. And then he once again grafts in his true children and brings salvation to all of them. They they didn't have to be adopted. If they survive until that time, he will remove. He will bring salvation to them. I pray that many of my Jewish brothers that have found Jesus, they get to be first with us as the bride of Christ because they, were not, they, uh, they saw and they had opportunity to become part of the bride, to become first. But the Jews are not forgotten about. The millennial reign of Christ is that kingdom that God promised in the land for his nation Israel and his people, the Jews. In Daniel 12, 1, this is important, how I explain all of this. Daniel 12, 1, and also Revelations 12, Michael stands up midweek making a way for the rule of the righteous after the day of the Lord. Revelations 12, 7. And there was a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war. Verse 8. And they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, and the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Remember that. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God day and night. We will share how this has opened the airways for us to say, Daddy, and he'll say, Yes, son. So we're strengthened. But let's keep reading. Ephesians 2.1, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, trespasses, in whom you formerly walked, According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh 
and the, and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. I want you to understand the principality of the air. This world, the God of this world is Satan. The God of this world is Satan. The principalities of the air. We're going to read a little bit about this. When Michael stood up, midweek, that's midweek of the 70th week, he stands up. There's this battle in heaven. Y'all do the math. All this happens at the exact same time. They're cast down as Satan cast down. That is at the same time that the false prince of peace has a wound in the head. He's resurrected from the dead. He becomes the mystery of iniquity, the incarnate Satan, who then knows that his time is short. I think I'll read that. I'm probably, I think I read it in the last chapter. But he knows that his days are short. Three and a half years is all he's got. And he, he tries to exterminate all of Israel and as many Christians as he can. Anyway, this is the tribulation. This is the great tribulation. But the airways have been cleared. Let's read. 2 Corinthians 4.3, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Daniel 10.13, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which was withstanding me 21 days, and then, behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. This is Gabriel. For I had been left there with the king of Persia. In Daniel 10, 20. Then he said, Do you understand why I came to you? But I shall now return to fight against the king of Persia. So I am going forth, and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. Verse 21, however, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of the truth. Yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except Michael, your prince. What's these heavenly, these prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, these heavenly, the, the heavenlies are satanic. The spirit of this world, the satanic, the evil, the king, they serve the king of this world, the God of this world is who they serve. Satan. Why do you think friendship with the world will cancel out your relationship or your salvation? Because you're a friend with Satan and the monarchy of Satan by the prince of the powers of the air. And midweek, all of these, all of these princes of powers are cast down to the earth, which begins the great tribulation for three and a half years. But the heavens have been opened. Praise the Lord. This is important. It's important not only for that, but in Daniel eleven thirty one, forces with him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary. This is what happens midweek, and do away with the regular sacrifice. And they will they will set up abomination of desolation. That's when Jesus said, "When you see the abomination of desolation, he says, then when then this will happen." And it's the great tribulation, like the world's never seen. Verse 32, by smooth words, he will turn to godliness, those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Why will we suddenly be so strengthened? This is when all's been cast down. The heavens are open. We're in this great tribulation. But if we say, Daddy, he says, what, son? There's no accuser of the brethren. 
There's no false accusation. There's no hindrance in the spirit. There's no principalities of Satan in the air. They have been cast down to the earth. Woe to the earth. But we who know our God will be strengthened and do exploits in his name. We shall lead many, 12.3 says, to the Lord. We will be strengthened at this time of great trial. We will be stronger than we have ever been. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke 19.16. The first appeared saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good and slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing. You are in authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Your minor master, your minor master has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Another came saying, Master, here's your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you not know that I'm an exacting man taking up what I did not lay down, reaping where I did not sow? Then why did you put my money in the bank having come and I would have collected it with interest? And then he said to the bystanders, take the mine away from him. And give it to the one who has ten minas. Verse 25. And they said to him, Master, he has ten minas already. I tell you that to everyone who has, more shall be given. But to from the one who does not have, that, that which he does not have, even that he does what ha- shall be taken away. I want you to know, he said he was spoken parables to us that we may have a revelation. And this is about revelation. And and with the greater the revelation, the more that you have, the more that will be given. So what is being revealed here today will open doors as you go back and study for yourself for a greater understanding. I'm trying to, to take a subject that libraries were written about, books were written about, and try to cover it in one session. But I want you to know he that is faithful with the five and the ten, they, they got five cities to rule. They got ten cities to rule after. Where, where do they get to rule them about? With cities. In verse 27, But these enemies of mine who did not want to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Let me just stop there. Let, no, let me keep reading. <laughs> let me keep reading. Uh, it takes me a while to get fig- this figured out, but I, I got to remember where I'm at, where I'm going, and what's going on, and try to do the best job I can. Okay, we know about the faithful get or possibly a ruling over cities that comes a, comes up. I think if we're ruling and reigning with Christ during the thousand year reign, we're going to get to rule over cities. Now, are we going to sit in thrones in those cities? No, that's what we're, we're going to talk about. But we will rule and reign with our Lord and Savior, our, our elder brother, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. It will be my great honor. It will be my great honor. But we will be here ruling and reigning for a thousand years. Let's see what happens though. Revelation 24. Then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus. 
because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image had not received the mark on their forehead. On their head, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come alive until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection over the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. We will rule with Christ during the millennial rule of Christ. Remember the seventh Seven weeks, the seven days, a day is a thousand years, or seven thousand years of God's dealing. This is the seventh day. He will rest. He brings peace. He removes the curse. The curse is removed from the earth. The, the, wolf, the lion and the lamb lay down together. The wolf, they eat, the wolf and the lion, they eat grass. They don't even eat each other. It's, the curse has been removed. Life is extended. We're going to read about that. I'm trying to establish it. How do we rule with him? How do we rule cities with him during the thousand-year reign where there is nations and cities and peoples? How does that work when he and the Jews have their own kingdom in Israel to fulfill all the covenants? We're going to find out. Isaiah 28, 9. To whom would he teach knowledge and to whom would he interpret the message? Those who wean from milk, those just taken from the breast, and he says, order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who says to, said to them, here is rest, give rest to the weary, and here is repose. But they would not listen. They would not listen. Folks, I am sharing the word of God with you. He shared it with the Jews. They would not listen. So they're, they're last. We're first. But I am sharing with you. It's a little here and a little there. We know in part now, which I'm going to read next. And this is just a kind of type shadow. The, the old covenant was a type shadow of the new. The new covenant is a type and shadow of the eternal. And, 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 but he's given us enough here to kind of understand. And I think it's a little here and a little there, but I think we've got it. But it does meet all of this word that I'm sharing with you. We will rule and reign with him for a thousand years before the end, before daddy comes, before New Jerusalem, which has the streets of gold, before the eternal judgment, the devil and the, 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 the Antichrist and his false prophet, not the devil, actually get theirs a thousand years early. They get it at the first coming of the world. Isaiah 28, 13. So the word of the Lord to them will be order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there, that they may go stumble backward, be broken, snared, and taken captive. We do not want that to happen to us. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. I admit that today. But this is according to his word. I give you what I have and what God has given me, and this... I know it's a little here and a little there, but it, but it fits the word of God and his covenants. Just because somebody wrote a very popular book that was brought into the church, and there's been many of these books, and suddenly it becomes gospel, and it's contrary to God's word. This is the book we need to understand, not man's book, not the dogma that is in the church. It becomes easy. It doesn't require a faith or a life or a commitment that is actually all. I wrote a letter to my son today and I kind of finished it and I said it really is all or nothing. We're really all in or we're not. You'll be rejected if you're not. 
and 13.10. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. He's coming. He's coming soon. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I came a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know just fully as I have also been known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three. The greatest of these is love. And I wrote this little here. The semen conundrum, the curse is removed, but it's the same earth. And heaven is yet a thousand years away, the new Jerusalem. The saints, the bride, are glorified. Israel forgiven, their iniquity removed from their hearts forever. How do saints rule and reign with Jesus while he rules over the world and the Jewish nation Israel? Isaiah 65, 18. But be glad and rejoice forever if in what I create. Behold, I create Jerusalem as rejoicing, a people of joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people the voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from where the, shall an infant, there's still, there's still children being born here during this time. This is during the millennial rule of Christ, the, the kingdom, the established, the fulfillment of God's covenants. We, we need to understand God's word bound to the very letter. None of it's allegorical. It will be fulfilled. This Abrahamic covenant of the land. This Davidic covenant of the rule of of uh, son of David, they will he will rule all over that land and over a Jewish kingdom in Israel, and they will occupy the land. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For a child shall die one hundred years old, but the sinner being one hundred years old shall be accursed. That, in other words, if you only live a hundred years, you'll be a curse. And, and a child, it's just, it, it, life is extended during the millennial reign. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. This is the Jews. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hand. They still are working. They shall not labor in vain. They'll bring forth children for trouble. They're still bearing children. For they shall be descendants of, of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. He's right there with them. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 65, uh, 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the dust shall be like this, like serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, says the Lord. The curse is removed from the earth for a thousand years. Thus, Zechariah 8.20, Thus the Lord of hosts, it will yet be that peoples will come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one will go to another, saying, Let us go up at once to entreat the favor of the Lord. And to seek the Lord of hosts, I will go. So many peoples and mighty nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from all nations will grasp the garment of a Jew, saying, Let us go up with you, for we have heard God is with you. 
This has never happened before. Israel has been the rejected nation. It has always had its enemies. It's always been in trouble. This is the millennial reign of Christ where Israel is the nation of the Lord, the Lord God, as he rules over the earth, this earth, this earth, these people, still bearing children, still planting seed, but the curse is removed. Isaiah 65, 19, I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, and there will no longer be heard in her voice of weeping and the sound of crying. Verse 20, no longer will there be an infant who lives but a few days. I read all that. And who does not live out their days, for the youth will die at the age of, uh, youth is a little bit different, will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be a thought of curse. That's pretty amazing. And they will build houses and inhabit them. They will also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build another inhabit. I think I've read all this. Let me go on down here to verse 22, 29. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. I reminded you all this earlier. I believe this is the problem with the church. They have not spent the time in the book. I don't know if God had blinded them or what, but it's all right here. It sometimes seems to me as I'm reading this, doesn't anybody else read this book? I mean, this is what it says. Or the power of God. There is nothing, nothing, nothing too hard for our God, especially keeping his word and his covenants with his people. And we that have been grafted in are his people as we abide in Christ. But it is only in Christ, church. We're nothing special outside of Christ. We're only sons and daughters as we abide in Jesus. But in Jesus, we have the full-blown rights of a son and a daughter of the living God. What, an all, what a wonderful opportunity. Verse 30, 2234, in the resurrection, there's neither given marriage or given, or, but are like angels in heaven. We talked about that. Revelation 21 then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key to the abyss and chain in his hands. And he laid hold of the dragon and the serpent of old. This also happens at the day of the Lord. Uh, who is the devil and Satan and bound for a thousand years. During the millennial rule of Christ, Satan is bound for a thousand years. Him and all of his demons. And he threw into an abyss and shut and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations. Deception the nations any longer, until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. For a thousand years, the curse is removed. To the very end of the thousand years, the millennial reign of Christ, Satan and his demons are released because there's another, there's another wedding about to take place. I'll mention that. It's pretty amazing. All this stuff is amazing. This is the word of God. When the thousand years are complete, Satan will be released from his prison. And he and will come out and deceive the nation, which are in the four corners of the earth. They've still been there the whole thousand years. Gog and Magog to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they, and they came up to the broad plain and the earth and surround the camps and the Satan uh, and beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who was deceived was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You do not want to be a part of that. 
Revelations 21, it is done. Hallelujah. We've been waiting to hear this. When is this done? This is what I'm about to read. It is done. The Father says it is done. When the Father says it's done, it's done. Verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, destroyed by fire. That you got to remember, there was judgment on heaven too because of rebellion, Satan, Lucifer. That rebellion began in heaven before he was cast down. It began in heaven. So both heaven and earth are judged finally at the end of the 7,000 years of our record that is dealt with here in the Bible. It is God's, and we, but we, we've already got ours. But this is where the last get theirs. Uh, and I saw... Uh, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for a husband. Who did, who's, who's not been married yet? Jesus got married. There's somebody else coming to town. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God. <laughs> the Father has never come, folks. He hasn't come to earth. The free incarnate son was here. The spirit's been here. Daddy's coming. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself, not the son, not the spirit, which are equal to the father, but God the father himself. Hallelujah. This is something in the new earth. The new heaven, the new Jerusalem, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. That's quite a city. And there, there are streets of gold. There is a lot of things there that people think that that's during the millennial reign of Christ. It's not. But it is when Daddy comes to town. Pretty amazing. I get excited thinking about all this. And he shall be with his people, and God himself would be a bunk. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. I said the end of millennial reign. The 7,000, not the six. The seven. There will be no more death. And there will no longer be any more mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write. For these words are faithful and true. I don't see this on the screen, so I want to make sure you understand. This is Revelations 21.5. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. All things. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. This is the Father. He said to me, this is very important. We somehow have left this off. Revelations 21.6. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give life, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. I want to stop here. We kind of... Messed up, messed up a little bit there, but anyway, you get. I want you to understand when the Father comes, that the New Jerusalem comes as a bride. 
It doesn't say this, but I believe at this time there, the, the Father, the Son, the saints, the Jews, all, all things have passed away, all things have become new. The Jews now have their glorified bodies. The first were last, but the last were first. Where are we during this time, during the thousand years that we are glorified? Remember the heavens have been cleared. Right now, there is an unrighteous, an evil canopy, the prince of the powers of the air that we read in Ephesians, the prince of the powers of the air that operate and function as this evil spirit into the world for the God of this world who is Satan. That's why friendship with the world is such an affront to God because it's being a friendship of Satan, the God of this world. We are not of this world. We're not of that realm, the realm of these princes, this, this, this kingdom of darkness that surrounds the earth from the prince of the powers of the air. And there's all these demonic forces. They're all cast down the earth. All hell breaks loose in three and a half years. We're strengthened because the accuser of the brethren and all of his princes are cast down. The heavenlies are open. I believe that we're just now like Jesus, who that came that after his resurrection, he could walk into the room, walk right through the wall, and appear to his disciples. He could be there and be somewhere. He could go and come, and he was not limited. He could eat, he could talk, but he could also go he would, any way he wanted to. He could pass through walls. He could do whatever he wanted. He was, he was God. He was a glorified, resurrected son of God, and he was God. If we're going to be transformed into that image, I believe that the sons of God, the saints, the church, take up their position around the earth in the heavenlies. And if you've been faithful, you might have ten cities. But anyway, he mentions about those that are faithful. His faithful would rule and reign with him, and the faithful would have more cities than others. I believe from the atmosphere, if needed... We come down into the nations, we walk in, we show up, one of the sons, just like God shows up, says, we'll have none of that. We, 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 we rule and reign over that which has entrusted us around the earth for a thousand years. I believe this canopy of righteousness, the bride of Christ, the sons of God, will rule with God, will have the same mind. It, we will know. We will know. We will know what's going on. We'll know everything. We'll know whatever he knows, which is everything. He is ruling the kingdom of his people, the Jews, for a thousand years. We, the sons, I believe, take up the position that is evil. The principalities of every day is darkness. There will be a, a heavenlies of light. I believe the sons of God for a thousand years that we will enforce righteousness on this earth. By our assignment, I, I, I've tried to have been faithful, but I don't know if I want 10 cities. Not, I'm sure it won't be a job at that time. But whatever is assigned to us, I believe that we are not a part of the normal life on here. We're different. We've been changed. We've been glorified. We, the last were first. We're with him <laughs> for always. We rule and reign with him. But all of us aren't in the temple there with him. We're with him because we're one. The same mind. The same body, the same armies, the armies of the Lord. And I believe we become a righteous sphere 
around the same one that when Satan released and the, and the nations rebel, whoo, we destroy them. Get them, brothers. Bam. It's amazing. But all this fits. If we're ruling and reigning with him, if for a thousand years the nations will not rebel, there is a, there is a righteousness and a faithfulness sphere and an enforcement from his brothers, from the armies of the Lord. As we take that up, what Satan has today that is coming down, when Michael stands up the midweek and casts them down to the earth, when Jesus come and we come and we finish the work, we take up our rule and reign with him from the heavenlies to ensure there's no more rebellion until the end of the thousand years. And then we get the opportunity once again to destroy the enemy and all of these nations that rebel because immediately upon Satan, he deceives the nations like that as they are deceived today. We kind of finished here. I don't know what exactly how the scriptures did, but I want to read one thing. That, that explains all of these scriptures, how it works, how we're going to reign. The end of the millennial reign, the Father comes, praise the Lord. There, at that time, there is a new earth, and a new heaven, a new Jerusalem, and it does have streets of gold. And we will, and, and I, don't, I don't even know I can fathom. It's not only just us and the Lord, but it's, it's daddy's here, the whole family. Our Jewish brothers now have their bodies. We're all one in him. It will be an amazing eternity, a far cry from that eternal damnation and judgment that faces everyone that rejects him, both, both the Jew and the Gentile. But he's coming back to save the Jew. If they, if they survive, the ones, that one-third that survive, in one day a nation is going to be born, he's going to remove the iniquity, he's going to establish them in the land, and so they will rule for a thousand years. We will rule with Christ, but it's oversight of the nations as we judge or, or over the cities that is entrusted to us. And, and, and I believe the word gives us enough. It's part, I'll know fully what I'm known. It's a line upon line, a little here, a little there, and God's bringing revelation for this time. But it all makes the word of God fit. And we're all looking, I'm looking, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know I'm part of that bride. Do this, do this, do what? Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh. Let us cleanse ourselves. Let us, let us repent and be baptized. Let us make way of the coming of the Lord. Let us put on Christ as an outer garment. Let us put on the new life, the new self. This is Romans 13, 11 through 14. Well, let us put him on, verse 14. Galatians, let us put on the new self, the new life. Let us walk in, in, in righteousness, in light, in relationship, abiding in him. It is an amazing life. Nothing is impossible. And when we see this reeling about Jerusalem, when we see all of these events taking place, let us rejoice because what I've described here today is all about to take place. It happens at the day of the Lord. Amazing, amazing day. In Jesus' name, we call it salvation. God bless you.